Hi everyone, this is Helena and you're listening to Where Boundaries Dissolve, a podcast that highlights inspiring change agents that have had a strong impact on cultural or organizational change in the companies that they work for or in society. Today, you're tuning into my conversation with Fuad Alame. He is an entrepreneur, podcaster, and expert in change management. He's currently building his own company to revolutionize the workplace where people get excited to go to work, a place where they are engaged and empowered. So if you want to get a feel for what he believes in, um, go and check him out on his LinkedIn profile. I'll also make sure to link it in the show notes. Now, the reason I interviewed Fuad is because of his inspiring story. He's a self-starter. He saw the need for change in the company and changed it and eventually became VP of organizational development. I mean, go figure. (laughs) In this VP role, as well as in previous roles, he did change management for about seven years. So he's also a true expert. So tune in and listen to this conversation that we had during a car ride through Basel, actually, on how and why to consider the most important factor during change, namely the human being. He shares how you can do that by connecting the six basic human needs to the company's reasons for change. He talks about grassroots change initiatives that he initiated and led. And finally, we discuss striking the balance between individual responsibility and finding our purpose and the responsibility of companies or leaders in that process. So, hello, Fuad. Hey. <laughs> Again. Hey, Helena. Um, thanks for your time. I'm very excited to do this with you. I'm excited as well. Um, yeah, we had um, a first touch point and everything, so I'm super intrigued to speak to you today. Since you are someone who literally lived and breathed um, change management for such a long time, I would say. So, I like to start in the beginning, instead of diving and straight into the topic uh, with you. So, tell us a little bit about um, like what did you study, your journey into change management, and then how come you ended up working in change management for, I believe it was over 15 years or about 15 years? Yeah, well, uh, let me start by telling you a little bit about my uh, education. So, I started business. And then I did a master's and uh, did an, an MBA. And then I started working in the corporate world, mm-hmm. which is the company that uh, I just left recently called Agility. And it's a global logistic company. It's a group that has a lot of different companies. And one of them, the biggest one, is uh, called Global Integrated Logistics. So okay. initially, I, I, I joined the corporate in Kuwait. And there in the corporate, I, I started working in defense and government business unit. And there I was working on creating proposals and uh, as, as part of the commercial team. And when you work on proposals, you need to get input from the salespeople and operations people. Yeah. So the operation people will need to implement it. And uh, co- commercial salespeople need to sell it to the customers. So, yeah. and there I started to notice how there were so many conflict between the two. And in terms of, in terms of like coll- collaboration. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and I think it's a mix of different things, but one of them is just a different focus, and also you could say different mm. different behavior tendencies. So, and at that point I started to think about like. Why is it like this? And it's almost almost every single tender mm. we had an issue like that. So and it was almost systematic. So uh, like a lack of purpose or common, common Yeah, so for example purpose. the salespeople they will come and say that this is a great opportunity and uh, the operations people say like no this is bad because it's missing this and this this and this and then mm. they start like kind of having uh, fights and in a way you are in the middle of it. Yeah. So that's that's this is the beginning. So I spent a few years there, and then I got this job in Switzerland, where I moved to the commercial uh, arm of Agility, which is uh, it's not doing defense business, and I joined the European regional team, mm-hmm. and there I uh, I joined as a tender manager who was responsible for responding to tenders, similar to the job before I had, and. 
and then I was promoted to become the head of tender management for Europe. Mm -hmm. And this was a really interesting experience because at that point, what happened is I started to see more and more like conflicts and it was so difficult to get this, the pricing people, the product in that case, the salespeople to get together and to focus on winning the opportunities mm -hmm. and then implementing them profitably. So the same issues you'd faced before. Exactly. And, and then at that point, uh, I also was having another issue, which is I suddenly became a head of a team or department. Mm -hmm. And I was at the same time not really capable of leading a team because I never had an experience like this before. Mm -hmm. So suddenly I'm responsible for people and I don't know how to lead. And in the middle of these challenges, what happened is I, I collapsed completely. I started to have a lot of stress. And okay. one, one day I found myself at the hospital and I had oh, to do a surgery and then kind of a, and the whole, the whole world, like for me, became dark and I was, why did this happen to me? Mm -hmm. And, and I took some time to reflect. Mm -hmm. And at that point I started to get insights and the insights were, what the first one was, I didn't take full responsibility of my own development and mindset. Mm -hmm. So I. I should mm -hmm. have maybe prepared myself to be in such a role. Maybe the company should have helped me, mm -hmm. but I should have prepared myself. I should have also took care of my mindset in terms of really uh, being positive, being energized, and you know. yeah. But I'm, I, I I understand that that's one's own responsibility. But I must also add to that that it's only now becoming, I want to say, common for people to discuss, you know, yeah. and it okay to yeah. be to talk about these things yeah. where it's not just, oh, just, you know, suck it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, and then what did you? And then and then the second the second insight was this thing about the, the systematic organizational dysfunctions, which are uh, automatically when you have an organization, you have layers mm -hmm. and layers lead a lot of challenges in terms of alignment. Mm -hmm. And then you have the functions Mm -hmm. uh, the functional walls create silos and mm -hmm. created those challenges in collaboration. Mm -hmm. So in a way, I realized that you know, we need to do some work around this. And, mm -hmm. uh, and this is where I started to take steps toward uh, taking care of myself, which mm -hmm. is you know, managing my energy. And, mm -hmm. and I started to develop this habit of waking up earlier mm -hmm. and in the morning, just kind of prepare myself to to have a good day, I visualize, I meditate, I write affirmations and gratitude list. And suddenly what started to happen is start to have more energy. And I felt like it's, it's really strange. In a way, I felt like I'm a different person. So I don't I, think I had strange like, at all. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I felt like I had boundless energy. Yeah. And once I had this, mm -hmm. I couldn't help it, but I wanted to help other people. Yeah. starting with my team but also beyond my team yeah. and start to take some initiatives at work and people yeah. start to notice and and then uh, so I did kind of like event where I invite people uh, to, to, to come together we discuss some topics which are relevant to us mm -hmm. and, and I felt like how people were so energized by just having these conversations mm -hmm. And I thought like, okay, I want to do something like this on a bigger scale. And what kind of conversations were you guys having? So, I mean, in that in that specific uh, uh, period, it was mostly development uh, or learning topics. Like, for example, uh, managing emails, managing time, mm -hmm. uh, writing emails, like just some things which are really simple. Mm -hmm. But what I realized at this point, it, it's it's not about like how simple or even stupid like the topic, but it's about you are making people focus on something which is you know, about progress, about improvement, about the future, about versus like what's wrong, what's yeah. bad, right? You shouldn't. Yeah. Stop doing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and this was a big, big like insight for me. I was like, as leaders, if we manage mm -hmm. to change the focus of people, mm -hmm. even though the situation is still the same, mm -hmm. you can change their energy in a way. Yeah, it's the, the, they're taking a different perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and at that point, what, what I started to do is I started knocking doors mm -hmm. of very senior leaders in the, in the company. Mm -hmm. I said, hey, we need to do something because, you know, this is this is not working mm -hmm. and we can do mm -hmm. this, this, that. 
but honestly uh, it was not very clear to me like mm -hmm. what we could do what yeah. was what was what was clear that we need to do something and yeah. the way i was presenting it mm -hmm. maybe it was not that convincing maybe it was still not unclear what were you saying then so like, we need to get people together and we need mm -hmm. to kind of a uh, <laughs> like uh, motivate them and change the energy change the energy so so this is what happened yeah. at the start yeah yeah, yeah. and um yeah, I remember like very senior leader, like uh, I was with him in the meeting room. I said, I need to talk to you. And he's, he was very you know, kind and uh, we sat together and and I told him what to do. And he looked at me and he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, like he told me, go and focus on your job, okay? <laughs> and it was a very awkward moment. Yeah. But the good thing is a few years later, like after like, in, the midst, in the middle of this work, Mm -hmm. We had a kind of chat and we were laughing about it. He told me, now I understand it. I said, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> but were you by then already in change management? No, not, so not so yet. so when I talked to him, I yeah. wasn't in change management. Okay, uh, you so just I, realized something. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So this is like almost eight years ago, I would say. Okay, yeah. So, and yeah, so we we start, uh, I start knocking doors, I start mm -hmm. to kind of, uh, and and it took some time, basically, to, to get my first opportunity, and it was, which was a management development program. And, mm -hmm. and, and you set that up yourself? Yeah, so everything yeah. I set it up myself. Mm -hmm. Basically, there was no external support at all. Mm -hmm. And it was literally my very first program. And how did you go about that? So, I mean, if I tell you, actually, I, was, I still remember, like, I convinced the CEO for Europe back then uh, that I would do this program. Mm -hmm. And we got 18 talents from all over Europe. It was for the whole Europe. Mm -hmm. And they, they came. I booked a hotel not, not very far from here, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Wasserfall in the area. And it's a, a little bit like a mountain or a hill. Mm -hmm. And they came, all of them. And the, the idea is you can only get there through a cable car. Okay. So, so they had to change like a bus, a train, like, uh, and then take that, the cable car. And at six o'clock on Sunday, the cable car like stopped station. So, and I wasn't sure if they would make it or not. And then I, I'm there on the Sunday afternoon. And I see all of them are there. I was like, wow. oh, damn! Now I need to deliver. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I still remember like the the next day, uh, in the morning, the first day it was a Monday. Uh -huh. I'm standing in front of the room and all of them are sitting mm -hmm. and I'm looking at them and I'm like, what the hell did you get yourself into? <laughs> no, really? You yeah. weren't excited? You know, because, because, <laughs> because imagine this, I had phobia from public speaking, okay? <laughs> and I was, I, was, I was working on it, I was kind of working on yeah, that. Okay. I joined Toastmasters, I started to take yeah. some coaching yeah. and, and I started to do some competitions. I started to improve. Mm -hmm. But at, until that point, the longest presentation I ever done was like maybe 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And now suddenly I have these people <laughs> with me for four days. <laughs> so, so basically <laughs> that that's how it was. And uh, yeah. And so, what did you? What was the? What was the goal? And what was? The, what were their expectations? So, the, so the, the design of the program was mm -hmm. all about we want to develop the skills of these people, mm -hmm. the capa their capabilities. Mm -hmm. And we want also to connect them with each other so mm -hmm. they have a strong network of relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we want them to understand more what the company is doing, where it's going, mm -hmm. uh, know, get to know the leadership. Uh, and, uh, and then also we want them to work on real things to improve the company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we gave them some projects that you had to work on and they, they worked on them for like it was around like nine months mm -hmm. in the, the program. And, mm -hmm. and what's interesting is the European board back then, mm -hmm. they came to the final graduation where they presented their, their like, their, their final, their, yeah, basically the, the project work mm -hmm. and including the CEO of the company, he came and they were blown away of basically what, what they saw. Really? Because these guys, like they did like massive work and they've grown so much like during this period. And this was basically uh, like the proof of concept, if you like, of uh, of this work. Mm -hmm. And from from that point on, I 
start doing like exploring other programs. So, so wait, so wait a minute, a minute. You worked on their behavior. You worked on their mindsets, and then what were other? I mean, so the relationships between them yeah. divide them into teams. Yeah, and, then and you set goals to 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 to, to measure uh, the actual change that they were able to yeah make. So basically, again, so for example, some basic stuff they they learn like they learned about you know presenting. They learned about project work they mm -hmm. learn about of course business aspect as well because the project work they, they are responsible for are real real issues in the business mm -hmm. so so they learn this some of them they were out of their comfort zone in this area you know they they, they are not in commercial and they mm -hmm. had to understand commercial mm -hmm. so in a way very enriching mm -hmm. in, from a business perspective as well mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's well. and the project of course I mean for example one of the project was about creating a special re automated reporting for customers mm -hmm. so it's something which could be used for the by the company afterwards mm -hmm. yeah. cool so what, what were the the biggest challenges and the biggest highlights of that uh, first experience so the, the personally the biggest challenge for me of course like it was again first first program I ever done so I was uh, the, uncertainty. Uh, yeah, the uncertainty, yeah, the uncertain, etc. But other than that, I think everything in a way worked well. And this is something. Sometimes when I look back, I, I think it's because of you know, like there was a vision. There was a vision that wanna make this like very impactful. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and uh, but of course again the the, the results, mm -hmm. the impact were, were were great. So yeah. So you talk about. Um, I want to I want to segue into the to the to the new type of um, uh, workplace that you yeah. envision. Um, so that's in terms of how I mean, to me that sounds like a, a change agent type of program that you set up the first time around. And how did that evolve into you thinking differently about the workplace and what needs to change? Yeah. So. So after that program, this was more kind of a talent program. But after that, I started to focus on areas which are critical for the business. Mm -hmm. For example, in freight forwarding, you have branch managers. So mm -hmm. branches, like every city, for example, with branch, you have a lot of teams there. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, in order to help the company, mm -hmm. it would be great that we have this branch managers become the best they could be. And so I created this program which is focused on branch managers. Yeah. And in a way, again, in that case, actually, I was not asked to do it. I just, I pushed for it in a way because I knew the company needs it. So yeah. we went there, we did it. And again, it was a huge success because the, the, the improvement in the branches were massive. Yeah. And the development of the branch managers. Yeah. And again, they connected with each other. So one of the things I... I noticed because I interviewed some branch managers before that. Yeah, I, I noticed. Yeah, I, I I noticed that one of their biggest challenges is they yeah. say like we are on our own. You yeah. know, we are disconnected. Interesting. So, so once you connect them with each other, they are mm -hmm. like you know if, if one of them has a problem, they can call like their you know their their colleague from the program or friend. They became friends at the end. Yeah. So and then they talk with them. And so I think I'm putting myself in a in a leader's board members position for example and they would say well why doesn't ben just call frank yeah well because they don't know each other you know i mean what i mean maybe they know each other uh, by emails right yeah but uh, but again yeah, okay, they, no... there is no but this is what happened in what happened during these programs mm -hmm. which i like to call them strategic interventions what happened in these programs is that they really connect deeply together why Mm -hmm. And this is something about relationship. If you think about your best friend mm -hmm. right now, mm -hmm. most probably your best friend is not the one who you, you had fun with, you know, all the time. Mm -hmm. But it's it's someone who was there for you when you were struggling. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So you went through some pain together, or mm -hmm. at least like one of you, mm -hmm. and the other was there. Mm -hmm. So in the program, there are a lot of challenges. Mm -hmm. And what happened is the relationships get deepened mm -hmm. during during this. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And and this is again, and that's why that's why like I, I like to call them strategic interventions because mm -hmm. automatically the people who who, who get out of it mm -hmm. they they are transformed uh, in terms of relationships mm -hmm. that they have. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's not. I mean, usually people like networking. You go to an mm -hmm. event, you chat, you have a you know drink, mm -hmm. you have maybe a dinner. 
this is very on the surface level. Mm -hmm. It's it's not mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. it's not deep. Yeah, high and by. The, the, the depths the depths yeah. happen when you are doing real stuff. Mm -hmm. That's true. Uh, and how do you ensure the sustainability of that? Uh, those strategic interventions because I mean if someone leaves and then you have you need some kind of mechanism or system to kind of or or is that someone that that manages those communities How do yeah you see that? well and this is a very good word that you use which is communities right mm -hmm. so you you really want to create communities where people share best practices mm -hmm. discuss challenges mm -hmm. and because one of them for sure like faced this challenge before so they could offer some ideas about how to solve them, how to overcome them. Mm -hmm. And this is where, again, it becomes very powerful. Mm -hmm. And in the case of uh, when in agility, when we were, what we were doing, we were kind of connecting them together on a, on a, like a regular basis mm -hmm. through, uh, through kind of like the alumni of, of that program. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. I see. Okay. So again, the new workplace, the company's responsibility versus the employee's responsibility, right? Because we're talking about, okay, we need to somehow have uh, enable those communities. And I guess that that would be the company aspect, the company's responsibility to ensure that people have ways to, to connect um, and are allowed to take the time to connect also. Yeah. Um, and then there's a second aspect uh, that you mentioned earlier, you know, taking care of your your yourself, your mental health, your needs, um, and, um, and taking ownership for, for certain topics within, within the, within the company. So how, how do you strike that balance between, cause you, I, I, and I know that you, um, at least in the chat that we had before you were talking about, you know, the company uh, taking responsibility to create these, these new working, working places. Yeah. So how do we strike that balance between personal uh, responsibility and company responsibility? This is a great question. So the way I like to look at it is you, what you want to do is you want to empower. Mm -hmm. You want to empower people. And at the same time, of course, the organization has a huge responsibility. Mm -hmm. so, for, so if I'm talking to individuals, I, I encourage them, I uh, kind of advise them to to explore this, to take take full ownership of their own life, their own career, etc. So, and this is on the individual level, but on the organizational level, I think the company, I mean, the, the, the leadership, the company itself, it has this like benefits basically by having these people go like become the best they could be and mm -hmm. and be fulfilled at work. So. That, that's I think it's a I still see that the responsibility of an organization is like huge but I still like to empower people that to take not to wait for the company to take care of it you mm -hmm. see so um, but basically of course most of my work in organizations mm -hmm. it's all about driving this which is helping the organization own and transform the capabilities of their people the individual capabilities, but also the kind of the, uh, the teams and, and collaboration capabilities mm -hmm. of, of uh, their mm -hmm. people. Yeah. And how how would you compare your your insights that you gain through through all your your work in change management with self organization? And what are your thoughts on self organization? You mean like self development? Self uh, no, self organized companies. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, so there are a lot of there are a lot of like school of thoughts about this, about like how I mean the future more like self-managed teams mm -hmm. or or not. But one thing for sure, I mean, whether pro or um, uh, anti this, I think that what's happening for sure, we're realizing that we need to empower more people, and that's why I think having engaging everyone. Mm -hmm. in the decision making, in the problem solving, in the vision setting and goal setting, I think it's so critical. So, um, because at the end of the day, it's a little bit like, I think Jack Welch was saying something like that, which is, or he's, he tells a story of, of a woman, she told him like for 20 years, I don't recall exactly the number of years, but for 20 years you, you paid for my, for my hands, while you would have been able to take advantage of my mind and my heart. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was mm-hmm. there, I was just kind of convinced. Mm-hmm. So engaging mm-hmm. people is so powerful because it leads to better results mm-hmm. and it makes them feel more fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So when you speak of empowering people, you mean everyone, so the vision is everyone is living within and, and doing something which is in alignment with their with their purpose. Yeah. I mean, look, I think when it comes to this point, it's very difficult for companies to, to, to take, care, take care of that. I think this is more individual. But for sure, I mean, the companies help. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, in my case, mm-hmm. I wanted to change. I want to align more my work with my values. Mm-hmm. So the, the company gave me the opportunity, which I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. But you went, a- you went after that opportunity Exactly, well, that's yeah. exactly. Yeah. But that's it. <laughs> so it, the company will not, I mean, the company yeah. will never know what you really mm-hmm. want uh, to do inside, right? Mm-hmm. So so yeah. if you don't own at least that part, mm-hmm. I mean, how could you expect that someone else would do it for you? So that, that's, I think, the... Yeah. yeah. I, just, I, just, I just wonder whether, you know, I look at managers that are, you know, back-to-back meetings all day long. Yeah. Zero minutes for... A single reflection. I mean, I, you know, sometimes I wonder how people think and how they process information because if they are constantly in and out of meetings all day long. For me personally, this COVID time gave me the space because I wasn't commuting as much. I was, you know, you just have more time when you're working from home office. Yeah. Plus, to be honest with you, I think I'm just, <laughs> um, you know, very pathetic person so I just pick up on people's emotions very easily so the mere fact of me being at home meant I was um, I don't want to say more energized but I definitely had less distraction so I was able to think more and that was able I was able to you know establish that connection to my heart yeah and I think that awareness yeah you know to even understand what are my values I think that's even the first conversation that a lot of people need to have with themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, we're talking about now like deep-rooted like challenge we have mm. in uh, in society, right? Mm. Uh, and and I think that the the key question we need to ask is: Are these eight hours we are spending a day working? Are they, are these precious? Yes or no? Right? And if the answer is yes then doesn't it make sense to kind of explore and at least become more aware if we are fulfilled mm-hmm. like in this uh, and and then and then if not mm-hmm. like exploring like a path which would lead us to a place where we, we could be more fulfilled i think mm-hmm. this is a question yeah. mm-hmm. but i wonder because i think a lot of people have found content in what they do it's just there could be more that energizes you 100%, I feel. And yeah, yeah. And I wonder if it's worth, like, if it's worth saying, okay, no, well, then, then if you're happy, you're, you're, you're happy. Or if it's worth, worth shaking the boat and being like, but there could be something else. Um, I just, I, I'm just curious about that. Yeah. But um, that would, that will have to answer with time. I think the, mo- the most important thing is that there are a lot of people who are not really fulfilled at all. Yeah. And this is like uh, here it's a real issue because what uh, what end up happening is that these people are waiting for the you know, evening and the weekend to live. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh. But, uh, it's, uh, That's so sad. Yeah. 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 That is very true. Yeah. So so what's your so how did you come to realize that something needed to change in terms of you know pe- enabling people. Um, empowering people and you were talking to me a little bit about that phase of of emptiness and that personal transformation that you yeah, went through yeah, yeah. can you link those both worlds so coming from something that i would find highly fulfilling the idea of going you know working in change management making all of these uh, important changes within within the company to then still feel like there was something missing yeah yeah well so so in my case of course i was doing something different and this different thing i was doing was was not fulfilling right and and then i kind of was exploring you know why i'm not i feel good etc but once i started doing what i 
meant to be doing right now. It just uh, the work itself gives me energy. Mm-hmm. Now, there are I think there are two parts of this, like this fulfillment at work. And one is the what you are meant to be doing, but the the second one is also the way the work is led and managed. I mean, I give you one simple example. Most most people and most workplaces, they don't. There is no sense of meaning, or at least like a you know, mm-hmm. you know what have we accomplished? Mm-hmm. What have we done? Mm-hmm. So we, we this this doesn't not not that much talked about. Which is mm-hmm. basically people are working. You don't take the time to say you know what? Okay, this week we accomplished this. So you know, good job everyone. We made progress. We did this or we did this work, mm-hmm. which led to this. Mm-hmm. So in a way, you know, fulfillment is also related about just some basic things you need to do mm-hmm. and to, to ensure that people feel that they are part of something, mm-hmm. that they're making progress, they're contributing. Mm-hmm. And, and appreciate Exactly, it. and appreciate it. So, so these are just little things. But again, the challenge of this is that if you don't schedule them, they will never happen mm-hmm. as a manager or as mm-hmm. a leader. And, and again, this uh, actually, there is this, this model, which is the six human needs, which is I learned from Tony Robbins. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's based on Maslow, but it's a little bit like it has a couple of distinctions. Mm-hmm. But what I like about it, I, he, he usually uses it for, for interpersonal or like doing work on individuals. Mm-hmm. I like to apply it like in that context for groups and organizations. Mm-hmm. And the first human need is a need for certainty. Like, and this is about security, safety. You, know, you want to have ensure that you have a constant income, mm-hmm. take care of yourself, etc. You, you have your job is stable, etc. Right. Mm-hmm. And the second one is a, is the opposite of that, which is a need for variety and mm-hmm. excitement and change. So basically, people say like. People hate change, but actually, people they need change deep down. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a matter of about like how to present it to them. Right? So, mm-hmm. so, so the need for change is mm-hmm. deep down in every one of us, and that's why I think a lot of relationships you know, die because there is no this sense of change in them. You see, it's like you, you can predict everything all the time, and then at yeah. one point, just collapse. So, the need for change and variety is something deep rooted. In, in all of us. So, Ooh, walk yeah. me through the idea of how to present change in that case. Yeah. So I think, look, let, let's take a very tangible example. Okay. Uh-huh. Let's say, for example, we want to improve customer service. Uh-huh. Okay. So if you want to improve customer service, this would mean automatically that you need to improve the skills of the people, uh-huh. like how they interact with customers. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, and you would need to that they, they basically they, they would do it mm-hmm. and which means that the, the the customer satisfaction will be higher okay mm-hmm. and now i didn't explain that all the six human needs but because basically they oh, yeah, need connected to them <laughs> but let me let me just very briefly introduce yeah. the other part yeah, yeah. the other one is the need for significance everyone wants to be appreciated special unique mm-hmm. their their work matters and then mm-hmm. the, the other one is the need for belonging and connection and love. They, we, we want to feel connected to, to, to a group of people, to mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. And love and to love others and to be loved. And then the, the last two are the need for growing and, and, so, and, and improvement. And then the need for contribution. We want to contribute to something beyond ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, so let's go back to the customer service uh, kind of uh, case. Okay. So you have a group of people that are not doing that good customer service level. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you go there, you tell them like improve the customer service. Well, again, so what you're doing here, what you are telling them, you're telling them in a way like, ah, oh, your work suck, and now you know you you sh- you have to improve. Mm-hmm. You know, versus like first of all going there to them and say like, look, this is our performance on customer service. Mm-hmm. This is our competitor comp- you know performance. This is your colleague performance mm-hmm. what do you think guys they will not tell you like oh i think we are great yeah so <laughs> they will they will tell you like well yeah i mean it, it doesn't look good mm-hmm. 
So basically, just having this conversation mm -hmm. is so powerful, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then from there, say like, hey, I mean, are we happy with this? I think the dialogue aspect of this one is really important. Yeah. So, so having the dialogue one, mm -hmm. because then again, you are you are making them feel significant mm -hmm. in in that, uh, and you are highlighting also insignificance in their performance, right? Mm -hmm. Which they don't want to 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 have. Mm -hmm. So having this conversation is powerful. And, and of course, again, together saying, you know, okay, what shall we do about it? Mm -hmm. So, and agreeing about an action plan, but then also as part of the action, you know, if, if you tell them, look, what about we do this? We want to improve our skills mm -hmm. in customer service. Mm -hmm. And, and basically, you will learn about listening, you will learn about how to communicate, you will learn this and that. Mm -hmm. And all this you would be able to use even in your daily life. Mm -hmm. And actually, you, it will enhance your career. It will enhance your mm -hmm. you know, opportunities for other mm -hmm. you know, jobs like in the future, right? Mm -hmm. So suddenly, I'm touching on, again, the need for significance, the need for growing. And then I tell them, and, and you know what? Like, when, when the customer are satisfied, you are helping the company move forward. Mm -hmm. You are creating more jobs. You are helping the customer like move this, their shipments on timely basis, which are critical shipments. They are like a medicine, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, and so, and the, the other one is you are also you will be more you will have a more like security for your job, right? So again, the need for certainty mm -hmm. and. And when we are working on this, when working improvement, it will be, of course, we are making some changes. So, so in a way, it will be exciting. It's a challenge for all of us. And we rise to the, to the challenge and we make it happen. Yeah. And, and we do it together. We learn from each other. We, we come together every second week. We discuss about progress, etc. What could we learn from each other? And, and we do it this way. So suddenly what you're doing, you're touching on each of the six human needs. And this is where it becomes really powerful. Yeah, I mean, the change I've experienced is pretty much, you know, uh, I mean, first of all, uh, I think company I work for Siemens, they've done such a good job at in increasing the amount of communication that they do around change because that was an aspect I was, um, I felt <laughs> uncomfortable with when I started working at the company. Yeah. But I think the aspect of making people part of the, the transformation journey is so, so crucial. And the companies that I've worked for, I, I haven't seen that enough, you know. And I think there's an underlying fear of oof, if we open that black box of Pandora, Pandora's, yeah. <laughs> God knows what's going to come out of it. Yeah. <laughs> in a sense, I don't know. Uh, maybe you can talk to to me about that. Why that hasn't occurred in the past? Why we haven't um, had the dialogue? Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is because a lot of a lot of these things, they only happen when you schedule them. They, they will not come to you. You need to go to them, right? And and then and then the second thing is, I think there is resistance maybe because again, yeah. on a on a very basic level, mm -hmm. basically presenting in front of a group of people mm -hmm. is something we resist, mm -hmm. right? So what do you mean? it's kind of like again, you want to present in front of a group of people. Mm -hmm. Very few people that would be excited to go and, and mm -hmm. present in front of a group of people. So. So this is by itself, it's a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I resisted. Mm -hmm. So in front of, instead of coming to the whole group and, and having a discussion with them, mm -hmm. it's not even discussion in that case. It's actually presentation. It's a, it's, it's even yeah. one way, yeah. which is, which is very basic. But a lot of leaders, they resisted yeah. because they're not comfortable doing it. So now it's, you're taking it at a different level, a higher level, which is having a conversation and having conversation means you might be criticized. Yeah. So. But actually, when you allow this to happen, mm -hmm. where you, you, you get like feedback from the front line, from mm -hmm. the, whatever the, the area is, mm -hmm. you create trust. Yeah. They start to kind of trust you because, you know, you, you are taking their input. Mm -hmm. So, so I think this is one of the, a couple of the reasons, which is one is we resisted. Two is, you know, we don't have the skill and, um, and, but there is no there is no way to improve the situation if you don't have the dialogue. Mm -hmm. So you would uh, advise every leader to to have that dialogue and to 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 work on 
the feedback mechanisms in yeah. company culture or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, the dialogue is very, very important. I, I just had an interview with Professor Mike Beer from uh, Harvard and uh, he's also a senior consultant and we talked about this. He has a process which is all about how to implement the strategy mm-hmm. and it's uh, called strategic fitness process and it's all about this which is the senior leadership they they come up with a task force and the task force go engage like 100 people from the organization mm-hmm. about the strategy and the input on it and, mm-hmm. and they refine things so there is no way out you know, except like having this this kind of conversation. And I mean, in my case, actually, in my experience, I've been to many places where the morale is is is, is down. You know, the motivation is low, mm-hmm. and and just having the conversation itself, I I, I noticed within one or two days, mm-hmm. I noticed how people were their energy shifted. Yeah. You know, because we just kind of said like, hey, what's not working? Mm-hmm. And they were like, I. Are you asking us? Yeah, yeah, I'm asking you. Mm-hmm. You know, what's not working? And yeah. and this is a again, you shift the whole energy of the organization because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I think maybe Peter Drucker, you know, said this, which is, as a leader, your whole responsibility mm-hmm. is to manage the energy mm-hmm. and focus of the organization. That's mm-hmm. it. So, so and now that was actually leads me to my next question is because if you ask like that. I mean, my assumption would be that, you know, a number of problems will occur. Yeah. So how do you then quickly, yeah, how do you proceed and how do you deal with that, uh, with the focus topic and apply focus to everything that arises? Yeah, so basically if there are some problems come up, mm-hmm. what do you do with mm-hmm. them? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. because usually, yeah. and that was also something that, uh, some feedback that I received is like, oh, well, if you go and talk to the branches yeah. and you're, we're a global company, you will get a number of problems from every branch and they will all be different. <laughs> so that was one of the, and I was like, hmm, okay, how do I, me personally, how do I, how do I go about that? Yeah. In a, well, in a I mean, look, way. I think, I mean, so the metaphor I'd like to use is like a, you know, you have like in your body, you know that there are like potential diseases and just pretend it's not there. So because if you, if you find about them, you know, how would you, how would you fix them? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think it makes sense. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you're just pretending they are not there. They are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of them are severe, mm-hmm. and some of them it could lead it to a, a disaster in mm-hmm. terms of results and mm-hmm. implications. Mm-hmm. So you cannot just say, "Oh, you know, like I don't want to open this." No, you want to open it mm-hmm. because this is the way you make the whole organization flourish. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you need to open this conversation, mm-hmm. and there are not everything you want to solve. You know, not everything, but there are like some critical things that you need to solve for sure. Mm -hmm. And for sure, there are a lot of commonalities. Mm -hmm. Because again, if you if you look at the structural issues in organization, the collaboration, the alignment, the engagement, the capabilities, these are like a generic Mm -hmm. challenges, Mm -hmm. and you can still solve them on a on a scale, Mm -hmm. on scale. Yeah. So when would how did how did you approach that? Did you did you focus on? Um, I mean, was it a branches in, in one specific country, and that's how you tackled it? And you had a program for a specific country, or how did you how did you go about that? Um, so basically, in most of my work, I always focused on doing things cross countries. Why? Because again, it depends on the nature of the business. But mm-hmm. usually, you connect people with a bigger family, right? Bigger mm-hmm. community. And this becomes powerful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So basically, I most of the the work I've done was on a regional, global level, mm-hmm. and this helps you to to have a scale mm-hmm. and and speed. Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, speed? yes, speed in terms of again in terms of instead of doing like country by country and going to each country to do it, you just take like many countries together and then you do it and then you kind of. It, it, you, you 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 quicken the process yeah so and then I think one of the f- latest kind of uh, designs we did was very innovative in a way which is yeah. basically we did like some virtual work which is still extremely deep 
and uh, and it was very scalable basically so um, we we managed to get people like in one of the programs like 86 team leaders uh, from around 30 countries uh, 55 locations mm-hmm. and we put them in a program and they, we improved a lot of aspects of the business we improved their capabilities we connected them with each other we made them understand where the company is going its mm-hmm. history its values its vision its strategy etc mm-hmm. i'm still uh, unclear of how you make the how you link the the business yeah changes to then the you know the, the personal changes you brought up the customer service one yeah, yeah. And, and you say well this is going to help you privately this is going to you know yeah. bring yourself in into the equation basically um how is that perceived and how, how how well did that work what were the challenges that you faced in the beginning there yeah what, what do you mean like in terms of i mean did everyone understand what you meant exactly and how they yeah. should bring themselves in yeah, look, I mean, I, again, let's take this customer service. Uh, I was actually thinking about it just before like, okay, we, we, we met. So a lot of the people who graduated from that program, they said like, look, I learned a lot of skills, mm-hmm. which is in that specific case, it was about dealing with angry customers mm-hmm. and uh, providing service over the phone, mm-hmm. which was all about like really listening. And we made them practice this again and again and again and again and get mm-hmm. feedback on it from each other. Mm-hmm. So they record themselves, they each other like listen to each other responses they give feedback etc mm-hmm. and they said look i'm able to apply this for my personal life mm-hmm. <laughs> so but and in a way mm-hmm. in a way i mean the workplace is like life it's not like a, you know a huge difference except like you have goals collectively and mm-hmm. but basically the interaction mm-hmm. the ability to delegate the ability to manage the time the ability to communicate i mean all this you need them in your daily life so i think great leaders are able to connect mm-hmm. you know the personal and the, the and the and the business yeah. in a way which makes people switched on so what are these exact uh, leadership skills look like uh, if you had to summarize them to enable to improve collaboration and to improve um, relationship management well i think look as, first of all as as a leader because uh, when you are a leader of a team and then you kind of you go up in the organization, you might be biased to this group or this group, this function, this function. I think always, always, always is having this mentality because that we are one. And I would never, ever, ever accept that we are two or three or four, right? So it's, it's, it's first start with a mindset. It's a little bit like, again, building a family. You cannot build like, you know, these two people together, these people mm-hmm. together. It just doesn't work. So... So having this very clear in, in your mind is like, you know, okay, we are one. And then working according to it would be so powerful. And the second is, it's a little bit like I had an interview with a great leader I have so much deep respect for. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me, you know, in, in the meetings, which were all about operations, we had the HR people, we had the finance people, we had the you know, legal people. Mm-hmm. And in, it could be in, at some point, it's not relevant to all of them, like to be in the meeting, like for like maybe five or 10 minutes, but still mm-hmm. they knew what's going on. They knew the issue, they knew the challenges. And mm-hmm. when 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 the operation person, the leader wanted to hire more people, already the HR knew about it, mm-hmm. versus like going to tell them it's already late in the process, mm-hmm. you see? Mm-hmm. So this is another aspect, which is which is this, which is ensuring that everyone is on the same page to this discipline of continuous communication. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you need to have a reason for this. It cannot be like it happened by coincidence. Yeah. You need to schedule it, yeah. it needs to be like systematic. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, and then of course these programs again mm-hmm. they they accelerate this collaboration in a way. So if you do a program like this mm-hmm. and you give people real work to improve the business, mm-hmm. it will accelerate the collaboration between So now, so now you did this for a few years, yeah. Um, and and then you you you're now on your on a completely well, yeah maybe not completely different journey, but on a new journey. Let's put it that way. Yeah. How did you? How did that start? And what is what is your new journey all about? Your mission, your new mission. Well, so basically, I've been doing this in in the company I used to work for, and which I love a lot, and I still love, and I I, I love the people, of course, and because. 
throughout like this last around six and a half years, mm -hmm. uh, which is my last role, I worked with thousands of, of leaders and managers and frontliners from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And so and, and got to know them really deeply. Mm -hmm. So I have so much deep connection there and, uh, you know, like evenings, like evenings working. I mean, we, we had, of course, like some, you know, fun events and uh, dinners and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. we, you know, we, we worked hard together, like weekends, holidays, so many travels like so all this good like just deep connections mm -hmm. uh, and, and relationships which is something I treasure for life and uh, and the company itself of course as I said it gave me a lot of opportunities so I love the company I love the people the leadership I think you know it's taking it like taking the, the company forward and uh, I'm very optimistic about the future of it so when it comes to uh, the, my work now, it's basically I was focusing on doing this work within this company and now I'm kind of, I want to do it for the whole world. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of insights from my experience which could be leveraged and uh, used and benefited from by a lot of companies mm -hmm. and uh, businesses. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you just want to be focusing on that and providing it to, to making it accessible to Exactly, yeah, to exactly, yeah. Um, so how are you, how are you, what is, what is your, if you had to, I mean, what, what, what is your mission? I think, I think it's twofold. One is creating great workplaces. Mm -hmm. And some people think, again, it's like about gathering and, you know, and having this ping pong table, like at the, you know, at the office and, mm -hmm. you know, and this coffee break area. But it's it's much deeper than this. It's, it's, this is surface. I mean, it's it's not it's nice, but it's not the deep stuff. The deep stuff is having common purpose, you know, having this kind of a, a clear goals and and uh, sense of progress, and growing together, learning together. A lot of things which are more fundamental. So great workplaces and high performing workplaces. So this is for me my basically my mission uh, and uh, and of course for leaders helping them to accomplish that so developing leader leaders to accomplish that in a way the way I like to look at it usually I mean a lot of the leadership concepts and uh, theories it talks about the one-to-one -one, basically mm -hmm. relationship Mm -hmm. and, and, and and the other part where they talk about the one to many mm -hmm. it's only about okay you set a vision and values and mm -hmm. you take it from there mm -hmm. well this is it's, it's not that simple you know, it's, it's a little bit like more than that mm -hmm. it's not like about like you, you put a vision and then it happens right <laughs> yeah so basically you need to have a again systematic way of driving the whole organization or team forward and and this takes discipline this takes taking care of the six human needs uh, and and driving pro progress in terms of work. Like, and pe because people people think that ah, if, if they are stretched, if people are stretched, then they, it's, they feel bad. Actually, people feel excited when, when they deliver something, they push themselves to accomplish it. If you had one advice that you have to, had to give someone um, to make to start making a change to improve the workplace, what would that be? Because you know, you know what it is. Yeah. Resources. We have other priorities right now. Uh, COVID is not exactly making things easier for us. Yeah. So, I think the the main thing I would say is engage your people. Mm -hmm. Engage your people because you will be astonished when you go with a good intention and ask your people about. How is it going? You know, what could we improve? You know, what's not working? By just having this conversation, and again, you know, you don't need to be scared from it. It just it opens and releases a lot of good energy in the organization. So, so going there and asking people, asking and openly them. asking people, yeah, yes. openly, and also because I mean, at, at the end, basically, people like I mean, so everyone has a different perspective or or they see a certain part of the organization the power is when you get the whole truth right 
And this you can only get when you engage people. Everyone engage them. So, yeah. Yeah, and then my second question is, how do you build that psychological safety in organizations that have currently not had that where communication maybe was not their forte. Yeah. <laughs> and so there is, you know, a lot of silos, a lot of hierarchies, not much information being shared. How do you then flip the switch and create that psychological safety? How do you start that? I think you need to start somewhere and you need to start somewhere where basically you have this conversation and you basically don't punish people for, you know, expressing their view. So being 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 open about it and being fine by whatever they tell you, yeah. right, and not be defensive. What what really frustrates me is yeah. that that's being encouraged. Speak up and explain what 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 um, what's on your mind. But then I've experienced before where the leader then falls into default mode and you know goes on about the strategic focus and you know gives you kind of a generic answer in yeah. a sense, and that really bothers me where I'm just like, okay, um, I understand that you need to get your message through, but I also feel like you need to kind of, you know, go into what, what I'm saying and like have a dialogue with me because otherwise you can ask four questions, but it, it, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't provoke a real yeah. conversation. You yeah. know, that's what I've experienced as well. Is there still like, we're, we're making yeah baby steps in terms of Okay, well, at least someone's asking, yeah. but then I don't feel like it's it's genuinely felt because. <laughs> yeah, well, so, I mean, look. At the end of the day, so, your power as a leader is the, the the power of your people, right? So I mean, what that's a, and if they are not at one hundred percent, then you are. Lo I mean, you are wasting resources, and you are, and you are wasting their, mm -hmm. you know, potential. So, I mean. Honestly, I don't know if, if a leader who is, doesn't believe in people and in, in their potential and their power and the importance of releasing it. I don't know like how you can you know, convince them, right? So, and I mean, I, I don't know like how they got into this leadership role, but uh, yeah. And, and by the way, I think there is, a, there is a power when you get people together mm -hmm. and have this conversation versus one-to-one. -one. It's, it's a different dynamics. And of course, it, it's it's an art and a science, like how to do it in a group setting. Yeah, I think yeah. so yeah. because it's really difficult to yeah. find to get a group open enough exactly. to engage yeah, yeah. to talk. Yeah, yeah, that's why again you could do it in different ways. But basically, mm -hmm. you know, you can make a survey before, but surveys only tell you sub, you know a piece of the truth. They cannot tell you everything because you are already having presupposition about the areas. Mm. Uh, but the other thing also is you can do breakouts basically when you do breakouts mm -hmm. usually people feel safer yeah. to express something and then it becomes suddenly it's not me it's, 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 it's basically us like you know mm -hmm. our our table said this mm -hmm. uh, and it could be only two people said this but still <laughs> right mm -hmm. so people feel safer to do it so it uh, you can do it in a different way but mm -hmm. basically for sure you, you, i mean and that's something which is as a leader you need to understand this stuff mm -hmm. You know, yeah, need to understand. You really do. Again, you you are responsible for a group of people. You are in, responsible for individuals, mm -hmm. but there are dynamics which are inherited in being as a group. One hundred percent, I agree with that. Yeah. Hmm. Relationship management skills. I mean, again, you know, a lot of companies are going through this shift, and you know, where we come from a, a need. The company needed command and control type of uh, leaders where now suddenly they need to learn to empower and inspire and I mean those are completely two different animals for sure for sure yeah yeah <laughs> uh, that's not so easy and also not so fair to to expect that suddenly from one day to another to to to, to have leaders that, that that can do that yeah yeah um, it's a different different kind of skills and and again you need to you need to know yourself, you need to know your tendencies, how to behave and how you communicate and then mm -hmm. knows what are the pros and cons of that mm -hmm. and what you need to develop. And sometimes there are some areas that you need to have someone to compensate you for this mm -hmm. deficiency in that area. Mm -hmm. So, and, but for sure, 
you know it's it's a different it's a different world today and and if you don't have the skill of to inspire to motivate to energize i mean i i think this is the number one responsibility in a way So one question I like to ask um, everyone that I speak to yeah. is if you had to give advice to your younger self, yeah. starting off your career, what would that be? Maybe I would have started like, you know, much earlier and more intensively, like this path of self-development and, and understanding of, uh, of myself developing this self-awareness more and, and also studying to about life and things like that and about what I want to do exploring it but uh, I like one of the leaders I I interviewed he said he said uh, no regrets mm. and I and I like this this thing which is no regrets like uh, you, you know you, you went through it and you did it and you learned a lot from from the process so I there is so much I think uh, when when you are at peace of like how it went and what you learned from it, I think it's it's life becomes more enjoyable. Mm. Yeah. So no no regrets. That means constantly testing new. Uh, yeah, because I think if you're trying to find your purpose, you need to test a lot, right? Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> how do you how do you and provide a, a workspace that takes that al allows that kind of um, behavior to, to for your employees to, 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 to do that to because, yes because you know for example for me I'm in portfolio management right now yeah. and say I'd like to try maybe HR I'd like to try communications but then I'm uh, if you wish deviating from a traditional career path yeah. which I think in the people's mind it, it's 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 fine to try things out but I have a, a feeling that on paper if I were to go and apply I'd still be penalized in a yeah. certain sense for that because I don't bring as much experience in XYZ as someone else mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think we are looking here at the challenge which is a very very deep as well which is like finding your purpose, passion, calling, whatever we want to call it, early, earlier in life. Mm. And I think, like, companies, it's a bit late. I mean, and this is what happened with me also. Mm. It's a bit late, kind of, I mean, it's a bit maybe too much to, to, to ask from the companies to be able, like, to, to, to give, like, this opportunities. But there is mm. still possible. Mm. Uh, I, as long as we do our own homework and then we, we kind of take some, uh, how to say, it, educated decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, I think it, it should go back like to the education system, which I think there is a big flaw in the education system, mm -hmm. which is, doesn't allow you to experiment. I think mm -hmm. it, should have, it should have been embedded in it to, because the whole purpose of it is to, to become better in what you want to do, mm -hmm. right? So, and usually you go, you learn about business and you do like, you study for four years and suddenly you are in the work yeah. uh, environment and then you realize that you don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not only this, it's kind of, there's so much pressure on you to deliver uh, basically and, and you don't have this experience. Right? Mm -hmm. so, so the power is when you have some experience before, you know, you go to the workplace to, to look for a job. And, and this is something like in Switzerland, they have this, you know, system mm -hmm. which people could do. Mm -hmm. uh, have, the apprenticeship. Yeah, the apprenticeship. So, mm -hmm. I mean... Yeah, but still there. You're already, in a certain extent, laying the foundation, Yeah, it seems. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I wish we'd become... I, I agree, it has to start in the educational yeah. um, system, but then also, you know, continued in the corporate or the you know yeah the corporate world I, I mean i think look for me for example what happened is i had like this uh you know three points in my career where i changed and uh, and the company allowed me to change or gave me the opportunity to change mm -hmm. but again it was not like so i i knew what i wanted mm -hmm. you know 
you cannot go to the company and like, what do you think? Uh, I'm like, <laughs> I should, I should be doing. You know? Yeah. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So yeah. You you have to have a certain idea of uh, exactly what, you know, what you yeah. know, what you what you want to try. Yeah. Have the courage to, to just try it. And in, in some cases, also, you want to prepare yourself. And uh, in my case, in, in oh, the, the last basically two jobs I had, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was preparing myself to be able to get the job or to be qualified for the job because otherwise, it would, I mean, it's almost impossible to get it, right? So, you, uh, I told you about this idea of public speaking, right? So, mm -hmm. imagine. I know I don't know how to present, mm -hmm. and then suddenly I'm kind of I want to I want to train people, which is all my job is about presenting, you know. <laughs> so, and I cannot tell yeah. the company, ah, oh, you know, like uh, just give me this job, and then I will figure out. Like, uh, no, I mean, you, you need to be able to deliver mm -hmm. the beginning in a way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and that requires flexibility from the companies to be like, okay, we'll allow you that learning process. Yeah. You can make mistakes, have setbacks, but you know, learn from them. And yeah, that takes a, a certain understanding from the company. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, um, so the, the company could give this opportunity and should. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the individuals should definitely own the responsibility of of defining what they want, and and which comes from reflections and. Mm -hmm and also trying things out uh, yeah. yeah but i think leaderships can here again take a take a certain um take play a role in this where they you know they learn coaching skills and they are able to guide sure. especially uh talent and young people um to to figure that out to have sure. that sure yeah 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 okay well for me um we've reached the end of the of the interview um are there anything is there anything else you'd like to to add no, I think this was uh, very enjoyable and uh, it's good to reflect. And I think we learn from reflection a lot. So uh, I'm, uh, thank you for uh, this opportunity. And, thank you. <laughs> and I wish you all the best of luck in your journey. Thank you. Thank Likewise. You. Thank you. <laughs> for more inspiring interviews, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and review me. I'd love to receive your feedback as well. So do comment. And feel free to send me uh, your requests about who you'd like me to interview next. You can find me on Instagram at where boundaries to solve or just drop me a message on LinkedIn. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. This is Helena and you've been listening to Where Boundaries to Solve. <laughs>